0: And welcome to Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and I thank you so much for joining us here on the program. As we come your way Sundays at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. Monday mornings at 1 a.m. Streaming live at those times. And, of course, it's at RichardDugan.com. The podcasts are available on SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Stitcher, Player FM, as well as many other locations folks are reposting to. And we thank you for doing that. Uh, We are also on YouTube, on the YouTube channel, my YouTube channel, Richard Dugan. Uh, You can type that in at YouTube, and you can watch these programs as well. So I think you're going to get a kick out of it from that standpoint it's new for me there are already 15 interviews that I have up on the website and uh, this is going to add to it take us close to 20 Uh, and as of this date from SoundCloud statistics we have nearly 24,000 listens now what that means is from December January 1st of 2018 to the present we have nearly 24,000 listens now that's impressive But I have no clue as to what that means. And that's okay. I don't have to know. Uh, All I know is you're listening. And that's the most important thing. And um, I don't say this ominously, folks. But once you've heard it, you can't unhear it. Now you got to deal with it. So enjoy it. I hope that you do. I also encourage you, if you can support us financially, we'd greatly appreciate that by uh, going to PayPal or Patreon, links that we have on the homepage, as well as the missions page, where there's a little description of what we're all about, what we've been all about since 2007, and what I've been all about for over 40 years of interviewing. We also encourage you to go to our guest website, we'll be giving that to you in just a couple of moments, so that you can continue your evolutionary process, and... We want you to participate in the 2020s, the decade of perfect vision. We want you to spend that time going within and basically getting in touch with your real self. Listen to that still, small voice. Follow the guidance and the impressions. Listen to the inspiration and the encouragement and support and education. Uh, That's the only place you're going to really get the real information you need for you. No one else is going to give that to you. I will tell you that today's program I have been looking forward to since the, I'm thinking it's the early or mid-1990s, almost 30 years, ladies and gentlemen, to talk with this gentleman who has made a great impact, not just on my life, but on the lives of millions of people around the world and is making a big impact now. He is participating through the uh, publishing company of Sacred Stories, Sacred Stories Publishing, who we brought on for 12 interviews back in January of 2020 with Chaos to Clarity. And he has written the foreword to the sequel, if you will, or the volume two. And the title of the book is called Crappy to Happy. A written The foreword is written by my guest, uh, James Redfield. James Thank you so much. It's great to have you with us. I will do my utmost to just treat you just like one of my regular guests, in spite of the fact that uh, if if I could interview Paramahansa Yogananda, who is the author of my primer, my metaphysical primer, that would be wonderful, but I'd need a channel for that to these days. But thank you for being with us.
1: Thank you. Uh, and, and look thanks for your voice out there. Uh, you've You've been in this a long time. I can't believe we haven't uh, talked.
0: Well but, we tweeted. Uh, We've congratulations
1: tweeted on your reach. Yeah, we have. yeah
0: <laughs> um, you have been around for a long time. Uh, I mean, and I'm uh, first of all, I'll tell you, I'm sixty. This year I'm sixty. twenty twenty is uh, my sixtieth year. And I'm excited about it. It, I I repeat this line over and over again. Uh, It's in a song by John Denver. And it says, changes somehow frighten me. Still, uh, I have to smile because it turns me on to think of growing old. Now, that's going back almost 45 or close to 50 years for me. Uh, I've been listening to his music since uh, they, they actually refer to him as the Elvis or Beatles of the 70s. He was he was the per, 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 perennial, but you came out with the Celestine prophecy, which we're going to talk a little bit about, back in the uh, what late nineties, early early uh, late eighties or early nineties. Uh,
1: well, uh, more like uh, mid nineties. Mid nineties. Uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, so Twenty five yeah, years.
2: Yeah. yeah.
1: And we uh, we did it a little differently. You know, we created our own company at first, and then another. Uh, uh, we finally turned it over to a larger company. Uh, and, uh, but, but yeah, it, it you know, by, by the mid nineties, it had all happened.
2: Mm-hmm. And,
0: uh, I that story of course. And I love the gentleman that, that has been selected to do the audible. Uh, I've only started listening to it. Lou Diamond Phillips. Yes. Uh, I I love him in his various programs. I mean, you could have gotten Tommy Lee Jones, you know, of uh, Men in Black fame or any of these folks to, to to do the reading of your book. And that's another exciting thing. Now, I myself have been into audibles before audibles were cool. Okay. Because as a kid growing up, I was legally blind and I used to listen to talking books and recordings for the blind, which is where... I listened to Autobiography of a Yogi, along with a bunch of other wonderful works and and my textbooks as well. Um, So it's it's uh, it's not nothing new for me. And now I produce them, which is kind of exciting. I even recorded Celestine Prophecy for my first wife, who was totally blind. And as far as I know, she still has the cassettes. At least I think she still has the tapes. Whether she listens to them or not, I don't know. But all I know is, as I'm reading, and to me, it's the same as if I was reading Dan Brown's work. When my second wife and I were traveling, and we'd put the the audio tape in, I was playing the movie in my mind, and that that to me speaks to the uh, the 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 wonderful creativity that an that an author has. Did you think when you first started? As an author, that you were going to be able to paint those kinds of pictures for people?
1: Well, you know, I was very obsessive about it. So, you know, I, I, all my friends tell me I held on to it for two years after it was written uh, because I was just obsessed with the energy of it mm-hmm. and uh, the transformative kind of excitement about it uh, because that's that's what I eventually, when I would read it, that's sort of the imprint, energetic imprint that went into the novel because it, you know, novels write themselves. Yeah. And uh, uh, so, you know, I've, I've always said, well, you know, when people say, how'd you get all that in there and how'd you, you know, how'd you make those insights really insights? Um, I just kind of say, well, I, I'm not sure because mm-hmm. what happens, with a novel, is the characters start to take on a life of their own, and if you follow that, then you've got something that uh, feels like it's a dynamic story. Uh, you can't make it up. No, no novelist makes it up to be this have this energy of a real, you know, other world that you're transmitting to the to the reader. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't happen because it's a given. It's given to us, you know, like like most other creations.
0: Now, I have to ask you this question. My wife told me that I was to ask you this question. Uh, it's similar to the question that uh, a dear friend of mine who has since passed away, but he is uh, fundamental he is a, a foundational uh, individual in my life's development back in the, uh, in the '80s. Ogmandino. Uh, who wrote Greatest Miracle in the World, which I recorded for Sun Sounds Radio Reading Service for the Blind and Visually Impaired back in 1982. I actually have the reel-to-reels of that, and I go back and listen going, who the heck is that? Anyway, (laughs) I remember getting the chance to interview him back then, and he would get this question all the time about his book, The Greatest Miracle in the World, Simon Potter and the whole story, and so the question that I ask you that is more from my wife and I have a feeling where I know where the answer is going here is the story or any part of it true did any of this really happen And well, your and your answer is
1: <laughs> <laughs> all the important parts are true
0: Okay I like now, that answer
1: It's it's a uh, it's a novel mm-hmm. and uh, in a sense it's a it, it has its own life is a novel it's certainly based on my experiences and the experiences of others that i can uh vouch for uh so uh, all the uh, experiential uh happenings in the book are certainly uh absolutely true uh and the spiritual understanding that the book is the kind of map for uh is in my opinion absolutely true Mm -hmm. uh it it, it does the does art? You know, Gurdjieff said uh, all art is objective, meaning it has an energy of its own. So the the yeah, you know, all the stories of mystical happenings with books happen. You know, with, with a celsing prophecy, it fell off the shelf and uh, in libraries at people's feet. You know, it it glowed from across the room, um, and I, you know. I don't take any credit for that. That's the energy, the objective energy that got into the book because of where I was when I, you know, I hold myself up in a, in a one bedroom apartment for three years uh, doing this and uh, wouldn't let it go until I felt, well, actually I didn't let it go until when I let other people read it, they said, They didn't say, well, here's where I stopped. (laughs) I kept thinking with it until what they said was, listen, can I have another copy of this? Because I've got a friend in Spain that I want to send it to because we love to talk about things like this.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah.
1: That's when I knew it was ready to go out in the world.
0: And, and I think that that's one of the greatest compliments any author can have is that they've generated a conversation. I love those kinds of conversations Um, sitting around, whether it's a campfire or we have this fire pit in our backyard or sitting around a dining room table with a glass of wine or your favorite beverage, what have you. Um, Sometimes when my wife and I would go, uh, we've only been a few times camping with our new travel trailer and so forth, and we would put the chairs out there and... And we just sit there, the music was low, and we just sit there talking about these kinds of things, you know. I mean, and we'd even get into the area, the esoteric area of aliens and life on other planets and other dimensions. And I have to say that um, my perspective would be on your story, Celestine Prophecy in particular, is it is true. Maybe not in this dimension. Maybe in another dimension. It is absolutely, uh, it absolutely happened and is happening uh, and that there are old growth forests, uh, and and uh, unfortunately we're losing them left and right here in this dimension, mm-hmm. unfortunately. But there are still some, and you can you know you can find them if you really want to find them, and find that those insights. Whether you whether you read the Celestine Prophecy and the ninth and tenth insight and and the other sequels, if you will, or continuations, other volumes uh, added to it. One of the things I'm curious about is. Your growth as a spiritual being. Now, some would say, oh, my God, James, he's at the pinnacle. He's at the top of the mountain. And I'm not putting you on the pedestal here. What I'm saying is you you've made it. You you understand. And now you're sharing that with the rest of us. But here you are today. And you and I had a great, wonderful conversation a a few days prior to this interview uh, where you now have some very interesting ideas. Um, and before we jump into those new ideas that you are uh, delving into, tell me how you connected with Sacred Stories Publishing and became the writer of the foreword to the second volume called Crappy to Happy, which when I first read that, I thought, that sounds kind of crass. But then I started putting it in the context of 2020 and what, what we've all been going through, regardless of what you want to put in the list. And I'm thinking, no, that fits <laughs> that fits. So how did you connect with sacred stories and, uh, Kathry uh, um, Kathleen, as well as, uh, Patricia?
1: Well, you know, I, you know, they reached out to me and, and, uh, I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, you know, I, I have an email, people can use on my side Celeste vision so I'm not uh, I'm not a, a total recluse and um, so they reached out to me and the energy of what they had to say uh, provoked me to uh, go a little further because my usual pad answer is you know I've got 14 books that sit by my bed that I promised to read to uh, to offer help to people, and I, I try to do uh, some of that at a level of maybe ten percent because I think that's a giving thing to do. And as you know, I I think uh, one's karma revolves around how much we give.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But um, I, you know, it it just had an energy, and I went, you know, I got the book and started reading it. I realized that it ca- it captures where we are right now in the world you know everybody's been shut down or is shut down uh we feel uh like we're in a masquerade party because our like, faces are covered all the time and all we see is uh we don't see the full dynamic of social interaction anymore which is frankly criminal in my view <laughs> I to go into that. Uh, and um so we're all of a sudden we're you know at a, at a place where we can't uh, communicate. So, uh, the the silver lining is I always advocate uh, to keep synchronistic flow going. You, know, you gotta you gotta hit those brick walls and find the silver lining. Well, our silver lining now is uh, to uh, to reset
2: mm-hmm.
1: because we're resetting whether we want to or not. Right. Oh yeah. <laughs> so when, you, when you get when you get separated from your social interactions uh, and and the new social interactions that we discover all the time. That's how we discover uh, ourself unfolding. So when all all that happens, uh, we're thrown back on our own inner security, right? Sometimes with no job Mm -hmm. or sometimes with realizing that our business has been canceled. Um, So it's a reset. Where do you find that after being slammed, how do you come back? Yeah. And that's, that's what I write about in the, in the, uh, the forward, you know, this is a timely book. It's maybe even enlightened, uh, from my point of view. And what it does is tell all these stories about the comeback. Yeah. Right. Being knocked down, you're losing everything. You know, 40 million people lost everything. Yeah. Everything. Their jobs, uh, their businesses, uh, you know, put everything into a business and then it gets shut down by a flick of somebody's signature. Uh, again, it's, it, it didn't have to happen, but it did. So now we have to make what we can out of it. And, and I believe that it's, it's a spiritual reset and that's essentially the theme of the book. We can all come back at a higher level and one that's more centered spiritually, mm-hmm. uh, and, and that, uh, strengthening influence and, um, uh, so I'm out there running around, as you know, talking about, uh, you want to get lucky, get your karma right. Because we, uh, the human potential movement knows has, has reached a consensus yeah. about karma and, yeah. uh, uh, you can, anybody can prove it to themselves. It's all over. It, it's be a helper first.
0: Absolutely. Uh, I have to tell you that when I st- started hearing about the virus and it was in late December, uh, Nothing huge, but still, you know, I, I'm curious. And then, of course, hearing the stories in the United States in January. Oh, the first case has arrived, and so forth. And they started doing some things, same old things they do with the flu, with with the the influenza when it circles the globe, and we get it, you know, uh, sometimes in uh, in the mid late winter uh, into spring, and so forth, and then it goes away and. And then another case and more and more and more and it starts to grow and they decided to shut things down. And I have to tell you that I was excited, not because they were shutting things down, not because people were getting the virus, but because they were finally hearing Einstein in reference to his definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result, Finally, they were doing something different. Now, whether we like it or not is a whole nother issue. That, that's beside the point. But the fact that they decided to do something different said to me, wow, what great opportunities are, are ahead of us and that we don't even know about yet. And people made it through 2008, 2009, and that financial catastrophe that did actually Somewhat span uh, a bit of the globe, you know, the, the, the uh, developed nations, you know, the U.S. and Europe and so forth. This it, it enveloped the entire globe. And as we started to move forward into March and April and May and June and July, you started seeing news stories about what people were doing, not just for themselves, but for other people. And I thought, wow, people are picking up on the fact that I'm not just going to sit around and wait for this to end. I, I need to be doing something to help other people. And then shortly before our interview here on this program, I heard an interesting news story, James. There is one country that has virtually gone back to normal. Because they did what we have been saying, what I have been promoting, wash up, mask up, step back. That's been my slogan. Wash up, mask up, step back. They did that. And now they're getting back to normal. And the irony is, it's China that has been accused of being the starter of all of this. And again... You know, with our our skepticism over our news media in this country, it's hard to know. Did you ever think about that aspect back then, about the possibilities? I mean, wonderful. It's a reset for us spiritually, and we're going to come out the other side just like, you know, crappy to happy. You know, we're all shut down. We're all sequestered. I was one of the few who kept who was allowed to continue coming to work, continue doing the things that I do. Uh, so I've been very fortunate in that, but I still saw those opportunities, even for me. I mean, doing what we're doing now, I, I never thought I would start putting these on YouTube. So what are your thoughts? What do you recall your thoughts back then in that regard?
1: Well, you know, I, uh, without going in, into any detail, uh, because I want to stay, on the positive side, sure, of sure. You know, I believe that. Uh, you know, this was this was all uh, virtually an operation. And um, if you really research the origins of the virus, that's that's not even debatable. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, but again, it's it's like you know, there are forces out there that that would rather we not be creative in production, in, in and and productive and reach in unity across all divisions in the world. Uh, in fact, that's the last thing they want to happen because it erodes power. And, uh, you know, that's all I always say about it. Okay. Uh, but I challenge everybody to, you know, stop being, uh, you know, a fan of political parties and start looking at, uh, following, following the money and uh, the power, and um, look into everybody's background that is on all these optimistic shows about if we all just take the take the uh, the vaccine, we're going to be great. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, my warning is that until we're allowed independent. Uh, entities are allowed to research what's in these, these vaccines and all drugs for, for really. Yeah. That becomes legal that some, that we could actually know what's in these, all these drugs. Yeah. That, you know, uh, it's, as far as that, I'm concerned, I'll never get near them. And, um,
0: <laughs> I know so, I'm hearing that. Uh, so, I hear
1: that a lot. Most yeah. do not sound conspiratorial these days because yeah. that's a put down. We're supposed to believe what all these, uh, these entities, uh, these financial entities that are su- are supposed to be bureau- are are health leaders. Until we go and understand all that, yeah, uh, you know what we have to do is is say we want total transparency on everything that happened, and someday we'll know the truth about it all. Yeah, but but the big but is, you know. There is a dark side, sure. There's Mm -hmm. money, power, and all that goes with that. But if we go into a kind of hate, you know, a a hate, hatefulness toward these people and and entities, what happens is it we join the dark side. Yeah. And once you know that it's about love and staying with an open heart, and that's the secret of life on in this dimension. And not only that, but we we actually know right now the operating system from, from the spiritual side of life on earth, uh, that can be proved to any, any, anybody can prove to themselves. Yeah. You know, know that you have to stay on that light side where you're, you're taking, you're looking for everyone else's best interest. Exactly. We still fall into controlling and power tripping each other until we, break through these control dramas, we won't have enough karma to live the kind of creative life that the the whole, this whole universe really is set up for. And uh, again, that's, that's my message these days, Mm -hmm. because I think, uh, you know, what I wrote in terms of insights, they're not insights that are fun to talk about. They are the actual understandings of how, Life works. How mm-hmm. how its dimension is is uh, designed to work,
2: mm-hmm. and
1: really, you know, as a human race, we haven't really tried to get our karma in alignment with that yet. But but again, it's new. Uh, I'm, only now have have I realized that uh, what we're talking about is understanding again how life really works and getting into alignment with that and and watching just how much help we get karmically in the world. You know, I've proved it to myself. Uh, I, I know a lot of people who have done it, but again, you, it has to be, you know, a movement in our individual lifestyles and in our assumptions and the way we think and act ordinarily uh, in, in daily life. So, yeah. But it's, it's an important thing to talk about, I believe, at this moment.
0: I think that that's one of the phrases I keep hearing many times uh, about whatever the topic might be, is at least we've started the conversation. Well, And it sounds a little cliche now, but it's actually true that when we start talking about these things, we start discussing them, not screaming at each other across the line, (laughs) but actually trying to understand what is going on, what is happening, Uh, and maybe not necessarily why, because sometimes... The why gets muddled in the the, the what is happening. Uh, I mean, there are still people who believe that the earth is flat. I can't figure out how that's possible, but they do. They <laughs> do. There are people who believe we never went to the moon. It was all on a soundstage. There are people who believe uh, that... Um, because I wasn't in New York City on September 11th of 2001, I would have to say objectively, I don't know that it really happened because I've seen what uh, the film industry with the entertainment industry can do with CGI and special effects, okay? I wasn't there. I didn't I'm not missing anybody and again I, I'm not saying this is true. I'm just saying that this is where the cynicism starts to come in that we need to, get over we need to let that go in order to live the kind of life that is as you've very well said beneficial not just for self but for everybody and that's what we're here to talk about is the choices and the knowledge of those choices to help make people's dreams come true but they if they don't know those choices exist how can they choose them and so we bring these different ideas to the forefront. You are working on an interesting concept that you shared with me, and is this something that we can talk about uh, on this program today?
1: Absolutely. Okay. Uh, and and what we're talking we're, about? We've already gone into conspiracy theories. Nice. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, very it's good. i uh, well, In the next half of the program, we'll talk about aliens. How about that?
2: <laughs> uh, that's about where I draw the line.
0: Okay. Something. All right. All right. Very good. Um, You start with uh, primarily with the baby boomer generation and from the baby boomers, we started naming the various generations and it took me a while to figure out which one I belonged to. Uh, It turns out I am the uh, I'm a member, I guess, of the baby boomer generation Uh, and each subsequent generation has had a designation and they have been categorized they have uh, been um uh, what what do they do uh uh, uh there's a, a profiler like in in crime stories you know a profiler who who tries to tell you well this person uh has the characteristics of a serial killer or of this or that. well you have generations that have the, these characteristics and each generation is a little different up to the present generation uh, first of all would we divide them into what uh, 10 or 15 year cycles or as I've always thought, generations were about twenty-five.
1: Well, you know, it's it's where the changes happen. You know, a lot of it's uh, astrological. Okay. Uh, so, so I, you know, if I if I look at uh, the cycle of Pluto, for instance, you can get very close to where these changes happen um, in a generation. Um, so, uh, you know, but. Uh, the one that makes sense to me is uh, that, you know, baby boomers are the oldest generation alive. Uh, their children are millennials. Uh, and they, and, and, and their older children are, uh, have been designated the Z generation Yeah, because, because only a generation can name itself. You know, that's the, that's the, the caution in all this, Mm -hmm. you know, we, uh, because until, until, um, until a generation in mass, uh, starts to move past 38 to 41 and the bell curve is real tight on all these generations, really. Uh, because there's so many, they're so big.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. I mean, millennials and their children are already the, 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 the the most populous generation on the planet. Um, baby boomers are uh, starting to uh, think about their legacies because they're they can see the end
2: you know? yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: coming up <laughs> uh, but uh, it's 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 what the what the generations do I think that you started to talk about that's most important because the, the baby boomers were an individualist you know do your own thing all that um, uh, and they they look for creative new series about life. Right, that's all we did, yeah. starting at about 15, probably. Uh, with all the rock, yeah, you know, all the music, everything reflected this. You know, we're we're changing. You know, we're we're taking humanity in a different direction and peace and love and all that. Uh, but but w- so it was an individualistic, and it's it's my theory, and other people believe it too. That that if a Uh, The generations alternate between individualistic, thinking new things and new places that society should go, and unifying. So the the millennials are unifiers. So they're not interested in abstract theories. They're interested in looking through all, all the abstract theories that happened in the previous generation and pulling them together as values, unifying values in the world. Mm -hmm. And the thing about millennials is it just reaching their clarity of mind, their, their greatest insight. And that happens again between 38 and 41. And then, then they'll, they'll really, everybody will be able to see what millennials are really about. Um, in the next five years, in, in, in my view, because mm-hmm. that they're en masse starting to move into that age range.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and again, I think you can all, this reset is going to be, uh, millennials are going to survive this reset in ways that boomers um, uh, won't necessarily uh, do uh, or follow. But it will be a unifying kind of creativity, bringing the uh, new values. And I think it's a spiritual reset. And I think these new values are going to be a better understanding of what spirituality really feels like and higher consciousness, how do you sustain it? All those questions that that boomers have uh, posited all these these years, but that it'll be millennials that bring it together. And, And right now, millennials are just you know, boomers worry about millennials, right? (laughs) And yet, are they ever going to engage? Well, look how chaotic the world was intellectually already before all this. Yeah. That, and, and who knew what to believe. And so can you, can you blame millennials for not, for not immediately engaging? Uh, No, no. Doing um, what sane people do. So, but they'll emerge out of this, you know, and the depression will start to end if they aren't given too many vaccines. Right. Uh, so right right now the vaccines are out of control and, uh, you know, they're up to 71 before I think the age of uh, 15, uh, 71 vaccines, each of one that causes brain damage. So you've got, you've got a, a not something they can't overcome but a real setback because of the medical establishment that we have but uh since that's um in question now by them Mm -hmm. uh yeah we're gonna be able to figure out what's in these vaccines really and 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 why the cover-up in terms terms of the loss of iq that's happening um Mm. So, you know, it's a lot of stuff that yeah. sounds conspiratorial, yeah. but once you look into it, it's absolutely true, all of it. What
0: about, what about Generation Z? Well, Z
1: is, um, they're individualists, right? Because it's, it's an alternation. Individualists unifying around the chosen theories. Then another generation says, yeah, but let's push forward again. Let's push forward again with all these individual paths of how we, how humans should be living. So, you yeah, know, they're they're still young, very young. I mean, they're just very, you know, they're either facing college or just in college mm-hmm. or just out of college. Right. Which means, um, uh, which means they, you know, they haven't really gotten past life is about having as much fun as you can and working as little as you can. Uh, they'll get inspired you know as they again uh hit uh hit thirty which is a a major astrological point and then mm-hmm. move on to uh to thirty eight so we you know they're just gonna be positing a lot of different ways you know okay. of living right now it's kind of everything should be free <laughs> which is uh you know, uh, yeah, the mechanics of that is, yeah, everybody agrees that about that, you know, there's, you know, there's a technology out there for life to be a lot easier for the majority of humans. Uh, if if we could just get our hands on the technology and use it. Uh, yeah. But, but uh, uh, so the intuition is, yeah, it, we should have a Star Trek world. But right now that technology is withheld. So yeah, uh, But humans have not, until we, until we grow to a point where we're less selfish, not, we can't have that system of yeah. everybody. Everything is free.
0: Well, you know, it's interesting. Uh, a gentleman I interviewed uh, a couple of times before his passing, Jacques Fresco. Uh, he was a, a visionary, an architect, who has a project out in Florida. It's called the Venus Project. And he talked about the, the three pillars, if you will, of his, of his vision of civilization in the future. One of them had to do with uh, that it would not be a monetary-based system. It would be resource-based. But that everybody would, in essence, own all of the resources. You'd still have distribution. Uh, but, uh, you know, you still have to have distribution. But no, the distributors wouldn't be in control of it. Uh, that the resources would belong to everybody. Uh, and uh, and so forth. And he went through the whole thing uh, of of how, how great this new civilization You'd live a hell of a lot closer to where you w- might work, depending upon what it is you do. Uh, you could, if you wanted a car, you could have a car. You wouldn't necessarily need one because there would be other forms of uh, less or zero-polluting transportation to get you from point A to point B. Uh, I remember hearing him talk about uh, these um, tubes, shuttle tubes, if you will, If you wanted to go to Paris for lunch from the west coast of the United States, you could get there in about an hour and have lunch and get back for your afternoon meeting. Obviously, even less time from New York, Uh, that kind of stuff. So I'm sitting here going, wow, this sounds fantastic. Jacques... um, I, he was 94 when I first interviewed him and asked him this question. I, says, I said, do you think this is going to happen in your life? And, and do you think it might happen in mine? And he says, well, first of all, I don't think it will happen in mine, he, in his, he says. And it probably won't happen in yours because the problem is, and it's kind of what you just said. The consciousness of the people has to raise has to be risen, if you will, or raised up, if you will, um, from where it is today. Uh, and then he quoted, I believe it was Einstein once again, who said, uh, you cannot solve a problem with the same consciousness that created it. It has to be a higher consciousness. So he said that was it. And, and it could be 30 years, it could be 300, it all depends upon mankind and, and, and what, they, what man wants to do man and woman for that matter. Um, so go ahead.
1: Well, I'm just going to say it's, it's, it's counterintuitive. Uh, you know, I I used to debate, uh, with, with a lot of my friends who, uh, who came out of college thinking, uh, you know, what we need is a benevolent dictator (laughs) and, uh, you know, some, some, just government commission up there who will do the right things for the most people. Mm-hmm. Right. And again, uh, you know, I mean, it's, it's, this is an old wisdom that preceded, you know, the U S but it, but the idea is that power corrupts and absolute power corrupts. Absolutely.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So, uh, you know, if you have a dream, which a lot of baby boomers do, that if we just had the central government that made all the decisions we could create the utopia. Well, that's the, uh, in my view, exactly the opposite way it has to happen. Uh, it has to happen by decentralization completely of uh, an, in and, uh, more enlightened local governments. Now, you know, we're a long way from that because local governments, uh, probably are the most tyrannical of any, right? Yeah. And, uh, and so uh, so again, it's, it's enlightenment, which means our motivations have to change. As long as we're insecure and we think money and power will solve that, then we can never have this utopia that we dream about. We're all programmed for it. In my view, our souls come in trying to contribute to that world, uh, to, to move toward that kind of unified earth but, uh, you know, everybody who promises to create that, if they, you know, if everybody else will just let us take away your freedoms of one kind or another. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, as long as that's the way that the, the humans think and they don't get their security from a spiritual uh, point of view, but a, uh, the needs is the, the Maslow's hierarchy of needs. You know, if you're hungry... Uh, you know, it's hard to get spiritual and uh, it's hard to, harder to get, you know, so, so it's, uh, it's, it's all about waking up spiritually and getting motivated toward, toward the true design of the world, which is to uh, let us come in to, uh, to life thinking we can make a contribution and everybody supporting that idea. And then, and we kind of do. Uh, are in some some countries but the, the problem is that the the mechanics of how to do it is only now in my view being learned mm-hmm. uh, and and put into practice actual practice so you know it's it's hard to uh it's hard to just uh, you know in you know employ somebody out there that's going to switch around all the eco- economic uh issues and environmental issues and and somehow do it fairly without taking power yeah. while they do. You know?
0: I, I know, too, that that there are those, and, and I sort of lean this way a little bit, who, uh, as we talk about in this program, we want to make this world a better place for everyone. Not just for a select few. Not just for a certain group. We have nearly 8 billion human beings on this planet. And when we start talking, for example, about the coronavirus and the deaths, we hear numbers. Those numbers represent human beings who had lives, who had families, who uh, contributed to their communities. And, uh, th- and this has always perplexed me. I mean, from the earliest ages that I started hearing about people dying, you know, on the news and I always thought, I wonder if they're going to be remembered. And I'm wondering if there's going to be if, if their life will have been significant enough for people to acknowledge their contributions, no matter how great or small. Um, and and unfortunately, I mean, at least in the United States, as of our conversation now, 212, two hundred and twelve, fourteen thousand human beings, human beings are not here anymore. Uh, Whether or not that's an accurate number or not, you know, then they start talking about the number of people who died in this war and that war and the other war and this conflict and and this disaster and on. And the list goes on. And and again, I go back to that 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 mindset of these aren't numbers. These are human beings. I mean, my parents, I I can't go visit them. I would love to uh, fly out there, drive out there and say hello and see them. My dad's 89. My mother's 86. My dad doesn't have great lungs in the first place. He just got over pneumonia back in what was it January of la- of this year, uh, before before the shutdown. Uh, and I'm not a, I'm not willing to risk their health. Uh, you know, uh, we have longevity in the family. I have a great grandmother. I have to outlive, and she lived to be 100. So I've got another 40 years to go, uh, virtually a lifetime. Okay. Um, I'm not talking about a utopia here but do you think that it's even possible? Is it something that we should even consider uh, in terms of trying to make this a better world for all people? Is that even remotely possible? Looking at it not so much from a practical and material standpoint but from a spiritual standpoint in terms of that consciousness raising that we've been talking about throughout the program.
1: Well you know, for most of us, and I'll just bring up one thing, uh, you know, again, giving is the secret to getting. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, you, you know, if we're givers first, we draw into our lives more givers that, that come to us, not not to give us uh, anything other than insight, you know, a, a, a synchronicity. Uh, and if, and if, and if You know, if you really look at how the world really works, life, progress, creativity, everything is a result of mysterious synchronicities happening where we first learn what we really want to do in life, uh, clarify that. And then we start to manifest uh, that contribution in the world. It's not logical. Mm -hmm. It's only partly logical. It's mainly these uh, so-called uh, miracle accidents that bring us uh, input. That's just what we needed at the time. Now, if you if you don't believe in synchronicity and the you know the materialistic uh, science that so-called science that we have right now says that it's, that's just individual meaning that people ascribe and it can't be. Uh, it can't be thought of as a real phenomenon in the world. But the fact is, you know, when 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 uh, when Carl Jung initiated the first the, the first uh, true truthful searching for human potential,
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, then what happened was he separated from Freud. Freud was a materialist, and Carl Jung psychotherapy or his theory of how people grow and contribute um, was introduced to spiritual aspect, which he called the self archetype and described it very, uh, very, very well. Mm-hmm. And so once that was done, then it, the, the, in my world, in, in my view, he thinks everything that happened by accident. There's no, Uh, There's no helping, you know, mysterious helping hand in the world that brings us these opportunities we think are just chance events. And we were lucky. But were we lucky? Or is the world designed for these mysterious coincidences to happen so that we have breakthrough little breakthrough points? Mm -hmm. Anybody who's ever reached what they thought, what, what they finally realized was their really dream job in the world. Look back, and their contribution can look back at these chance, so called chance events Mm -hmm. being lined up that, uh, in fact, educated us to be in a place where we could then find this thrill of living our dream. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that, and, and meaning our contribution to the forward progress of the world, right? It's not about money or power or any of that. Mm -hmm. It's about uh, looking back at all the biographies of notable people that we would list as having made great contributions throughout the history of the world. If you look in all their biographies, they're full of synchronicities. So Jung said this phenomenon is one that is real. And the only thing keeping humanity from moving into the spiritual consciousness where they include and look for and manifest more of these coincidences. In other words, you get lucky, so-called. Um, the only thing—the only thing that's keeping us from moving into that—is this materialistic, uh, you know, mindset mm-hmm. that yeah. has been around for uh, you know 400 years at least. Yeah. Uh, and again, it's about science, and science stopped. Uh, science was supposed to investigate all uh, phenomena, uh, materialistic or not, and they stopped at materialism because that's where the power and money was sustained. And now we have just a, a science that uh preaches materialism and, and a dead universe. Uh, and other there are other thinkers though that that bring us into this spiritual reality. Yeah, it's not like a choice you believe in God or not, that is really has little to do with it it's whether you embrace this metaphysical universe that we're living in and and try to learn what makes you most productive and that's that again from the human potential movement all the thought and study and arguments and Mm -hmm. for a hundred years in my view has has reached consensus about how this how this metaphysical world really operates yeah uh, so it's 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 whether, you know, how skeptical can you be and how long do you want to be skeptical before you actually try to prove it to yourself?
0: Exactly. I, I, I have had guests on this program uh, who have had very interesting experiences of a metaphysical or spiritual perspective out of body and uh, 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 near death experiences, those kinds of things. Uh, they see uh, some of that, maybe some of their relatives after they've passed um, those kinds of things. They're able to hear Uh, uh, inside maybe it's their intuition maybe it's somebody trying to communicate with them from the other side I I take the agnostic position I will never criticize someone who has had those experiences and say no uh, because it doesn't say it in the book whatever the book is for you um, if it doesn't say it in there it could not have happened I think you're hallucinating you need to see someone and get some help no because those experiences make that person who they are and by the way, going back to the um, idea of, you know, all of this being an accident, I am with you. I, 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 there's something inside of me. I don't know exactly what it is, but there's something inside of me that says that my life has meaning. Because if I didn't believe that, if I didn't feel that, then following this interview... Or maybe I would just jump out of the chair and say, you know, James, you're on your own. I've got to go. I go out and rape, pillage, and plunder because it doesn't matter because this is all an accident. But that something inside of me says, no, your life has meaning and you have a purpose here and you need to be about that purpose. And whether or not there is a hereafter, and I choose to believe that there is because none of this would make any sense unless there was something else beyond this for this now on the one hand if there is nothing else and when we die it's just darkness we're never going to know okay (laughs) but i'd like to believe and i'm not saying that there's necessarily a heaven or a hell there are those who believe that there are those who believe this is hell (laughs) and and we'll transition to heaven following this I have had experiences of hypnosis, taking me to a place where, taking me to a place where, it's called Life Between Lives therapy (LBL), and it took me to my last lifetime. I was a farmer in the in the pioneer days, and so forth, and and so on. And and my passing was where I walked out onto the porch of my cabin. <laughs> sat down in my chair, put my feet up on the railing, uh, tipped my head back, and I just said, you know what? It's been a good life. And I left. And then I went through a cycle of uh, uh, you know, processes. Uh, and again, I wasn't necessarily led to see what I saw. I was asked what I saw, what I was feeling, smelling, hearing, tasting, etc. And it was really very, very interesting. And of course, then, I also have another book. I don't know if you've ever heard of uh, The Impersonal Life by James Banner. It goes back to 1933. And it was channeled by him. And it's like God speaking to you through these words. And uh, it's not like, you know, and these are not holy. This isn't holy writ. Don't get me wrong. But it talks about uh, how uh, talks there's a chapter in there about uh, on uh, reincarnation. And it says, you think that you've lived other lives. But I'm here to tell you, you have not lived other lives. But when you go into a past life regression, you are tapping into the lives of my other manifestations. And I thought about that and I thought, well, the lesson is still the same. I'm tapping into these lives, whether I live them or I'm just tapping in because I need to learn something about myself. I need to grow. I need to expand. What about your growth and expansion? Do you struggle with Uh, uh, the material world infringing upon your spiritual identity because of some of the things we've talked about are very material You know, the virus and the this and the conspiracies and so forth, which I I'm not being critical in any way, shape or form. I'm just asking, do you find that there are times when it's like, I wish I could stop thinking about this other stuff that really doesn't matter because from a spiritual perspective, you know, in 10,000 years, none of this is really going to matter on a material level?
1: Well, I never go there because, you know, in in 10,000 years, everything we do matters.
0: Okay. Uh,
1: But I think that, um, you know, everybody feels a real uh, anxiety in the force. You know, if you take the, (laughs) you know, the, uh, you know, the, this, the idea that we're all one and that we all really are clairvoyant to each other's feelings and thoughts. And, uh, yeah, basically, you know, we're, we're, we're telepathic to each other. Um, but we don't, we haven't, we're not clear enough to really kind of base our lives on that yet. Um, you feel it, you know, I mean, in 2020, I mean, Astrologers have warned about 2020 for decades uh, because of the uh, just the planetary alignments uh, that suggest turmoil. Now, I think it's like I say, a spiritual reset, it's going to change everything. Uh, it's it's uh, ultimately, uh, we, we're even, you know, our values are changing, and the millennials are really going to. Take that and run with it. Uh, essentially, we're going to learn that uh, these these this design and, and how to step into it, where we have more synchronistic flow. Uh, you know, we projects can can go faster, uh, and and you know everything will step up once enough people take this group mind into this belief that hey, there's a spiritual design to the world that we can understand. We can get up in the morning and expect guiding intuitions that's, uh, and act on those and puts us in a place in life where these mysterious coincidences happen to give us some part of the preparation for what ultimately will be our, uh, our dream job or contribution or business or new technology or whatever it ha- might, that contribution might be. Mm-hmm. But it, it'll be in the service of evolving a, a true, uh, Star Trek reality. I'll, uh, you know, it, it, it's, it's hard not to believe that, uh, uh, you know, that, that all that technology is not really out there, uh, somewhere that, that, that people know about, but aren't sharing. Um, so it, it, it's got to dramatically change, I think, technologically, but not until we get enlightened about, uh, how, so what bad karma it is.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: To control other human beings, especially news propaganda. Yeah. You know, these are, this is really bad karma. And, 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 and what's happening is that uh, if you look at the people who uh, seemingly control that, uh, you get this sense that they're, 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 they're desperate and at their last kind of, uh, uh, stranglehold on, on the, on the, the power economically.
2: Yeah.
1: And that sooner or later uh, it's gonna, we're going to have this kind of flash that moves us fully mm-hmm. into this, this spiritual direction where everything's calm. And uh, if we want to be lucky and creative and have our dreams come true faster, mm-hmm, we have to step into the, this giving aspect and always uh, are thinking giving energy or ideas or uh, lessons learned to other people to become so they can have a synchronicity from what we've given intuitively to them in conversations and everything else.
2: Yeah.
1: Once we change the system, so we're trying to outgive each other yeah will we uh, will we be able to live in us in the star trek reality of all the basic needs are provided because we're not concentrating on that we're concentrating on the 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 evolution of consciousness and and and, and getting that synchronicity uh, uh message among uh other people and and you know that that will that's the only thing yeah, uh, you know, stepping into that helping design—it's uh, the only thing that will, will give us liberty from being insecure inside, because that'll be a spiritual connection that that drives that. And yeah. Every time you find you give, you get intuitive information, so you're connecting spiritually with a higher part yeah. of yourself yeah. to help. With. Yeah. So I, I think that again, I just I just say that out loud because uh, I think that's where we really are—people uh, who. Uh, Doubt all this. Uh, I just say we'll get into a place where you can honestly uh, try to prove it to yourself there and, you go. Uh, become a giver, and you'll 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 have. And and we started all this talking about what I want to say is that if how do we solve all these problems in the world? If everybody gave ten percent of their income to their intuitive sources that are that they discover that are helping with world poverty. They're helping with uh, food distribution, uh, bad water sources, you know, Mm -hmm. we could change it all in about two years. Yeah. Feed everybody on the planet through grassroots endeavors. All it would take is 10% of the income of everybody deciding that (laughs) that's, that's a giving principle in the world. Yeah. Uh, and you know, it took me a long time to realize that, uh, You don't give ten percent. Ten percent goes out anyway. Yeah. And additional problems, expenses, things that you buy new that don't work. I'm telling you, very. You prove that to yourself. And this is very metaphysical for a lot of people listening, probably. But, but look, you got to get into the design if you want to be really successful. Absolutely. uh, I've proved it to myself, obviously, um, because I, you know, you talk about. Not being actualized when I first started writing on the South and Prophecy, I was not a very actualized person. Uh it, it it happened kind of in the in the 10 years that I really was working on that book.
2: Yeah.
0: Well, I will add to uh, uh this whole synchronicity aspect that um I personally do not believe in coincidence, but I do believe in coincidences. Okay. <laughs> I just repronounce it. Uh, because there are things that coincide as we move through our lives, and you're absolutely right. It's kind of like sliding tiles of a sort, uh, and we draw to us uh, those people that are um, that, that we need and who need us uh, to support. And it actually goes to and I have I've used this example over and over and over again, James. And by the way, we're talking with James Redfield, author of Celestine Prophecy, but also. He's written the foreword to the uh, Sacred Stories publishing book, Part 2, if you will, or Volume 2, called Crappy to Happy. It is the Part 2 of Part 1, which was Chaos to Clarity, which uh, we're featuring in December 2020, the Crappy to Happy interviews uh, with many of the authors, of the, uh, the contributors, I should say, of that book. But one of the things I was going to say to you about uh, the Celestine prophecy and one of the aspects about how <clears throat> you talk about how we have messages for each other and that when we don't follow that intuitive uh, uh, guide, if you will, we are denying ourselves and the other person, the messages that we both need, as I put it to help sort of build our puzzle of our big picture. We may never really see the big picture, but we're putting those pieces together. And to use the Star Trek analogy, when you put your shields up, there are only there's only basically one thing you can do, and that's fire weapons and be protected from the weapons of others. You can't transport anybody in or out. The shuttles can't get in. You, you're basically you're you're in lockdown. You've got to lower your shields. <laughs> OK, and you've got to let those messages in and you take what you need and leave the rest as the song goes. And uh, we've been promoting that as long as I've been doing this program, if not longer, Trying to tell people, look, you know, um, we place a smorgasbord in front of you, all right? Every guest adds more dishes, if you will, uh, to that table. We're not asking you to consume everything or try everything because not everything's going to resonate with you. Come back again and again and again because, sort of, what you're talking about, James is as you evolve, as you move forward, as you meet new people, uh, those synchronicity uh, experiences happen, you start to ponder those things. As I said at the beginning of this program, once you've heard this program, you can't unhear it. Now you have to deal with it, okay? Maybe not today, and maybe not tomorrow, but someday it's going to pop back into your, your consciousness. You know, I heard back then that James said this, and Richard said that, and it was on that program, and That was interesting. And I need to find more out about that, you know, and who knows, maybe by that time there's been further research on what they've been contemplating. And then and and off they go in in a whole new direction they never even thought of that is synchronistic for others. And I'm sure you've probably seen some of these television programs as well as there have been movies where they tell two, three, four, maybe five different stories that are totally independent of each other, totally independent. And you sit there wondering, where's this going? And I do remember one of these programs. And uh, as the movie or the program continues, the paths start to cross. Now, they may just cross or intersect, and then they, they continue on their divergent paths. But they connect and then another one connects and another one, and you start to see how we affect one another on a on a material level, on a physical level. Yes. But even on a mental, emotional and spiritual level. Right.
1: Absolutely. And, and you know, it's it's just orientation it's attitude. Uh, I think the first step in really uh, is is to uh to become a giver uh, first. In other words, you can even if you get into synchronicity, Okay, and, you know, I'm looking for these mysterious coincidences. They're going to make my life go easier. They're going to they're going to bring a solution to a problem. They're going to clarify what I'm really supposed to be doing in the world. But if that's all we think about, we're still takers. Yeah, you know, we mm. don't get the full karmic positivity going until we. Think first, how can I be a synchronicity for this other person? How can I survey my life experience and and intuitively come up with something that 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 it seems to us that that we can share that would help the other person? We share it. What does the other person say so often? That's what I needed to hear right now in my life. Thank you so much for sharing this. I know it was personal, but I, I really understand. It, that's what you hear now. The whole world is designed for that kind of giving, mm-hmm. that uplifts everybody. Your creativity goes up, the group karma goes up. Once humanity steps into that, because when we, it, it's it just builds on itself. Mm-hmm. It's a hot house effect because what happens if you're going okay? How can I help this person by sharing something I've done or a problem I've solved? you we search our uh, intuitive intelligence. Intuitive intelligence is in the spiritual realm. That's Mm -hmm. the higher self. So we just opened up higher self. So you get this helping intuition, you deliver it, you get that response um, where it's, it's the real uh, operating system on the planet. Yeah. So, because what you give is energy. If once you, check in with your intuitive self. That's, that's a higher consciousness. And what happens is it, it, it's energetic. So with that, with that helping experience you just shared, you also give this energy that is the opposite of depression. Mm -hmm. It is inspiration energy. Right. And so that person, wow, I've made a breakthrough here this moment. This is a synchronicity. I can go forward with my life at a higher energy so if if yeah we go instead of taking energy from people, we give it automatically along with helpful information uh and sharing it's a hothouse effect, and that's the enlightenment of humanity that's the mechanism of the enlightenment of humanity in my view mm. It's not figuring everything out philosophically it's at the grassroots level helping giving and it's, it's everybody's drawn into that giving because that gives us the most inspiration and energy ourselves, yeah. then what happens is that uh, we, you know, we transform the world and that's the only way to do it at the grassroots level. Uh, and it's rewarding immediately. I mean, I can't tell you how many uh, synchronicities I've had being very dense uh, at the very beginning, you know you got to write this book you know the book's falling off the shelf uh in front of me you know that's it's a metaphysical world
2: yeah yeah
1: and if you if you live in this materialism that includes uh power tripping of any kind, what happened and not giving what happens is that you' you just miss the most fun about this world and 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 a sense of progress that can take us to this enlightened Star right world that, that we've been talking about here
0: well when i was working for the christian radio station and i started down what i called my search back then mm-hmm. uh, i remember someone shared with me they said well you know and i was sharing with them my about my search that's what i called it they said well but once you find jesus your search is over and i said no 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 he says once i found jesus my search has just begun yeah. and as i continued to search what i Came in touch with, of course, was the concept of metaphysics, and I looked the word up, and I started telling some of the the people that I was working with, the programmers primarily, you know, not all of them, but you know, a select few that we had a good dialogue, we were good friends and everything, and 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 there was no problem here. I said, "You do realize that Christianity is metaphysical?" They said, "What?" I said, "Yeah, because the definition of metaphysical is beyond the physical, and that's what Jesus was always talking about." Yeah, he talked about a lot of material stuff, render unto Caesar's what is render unto Caesar, what is Caesar's and he who is without sin casts the first stone. But the whole point was in uh, having that union with the creator. That's metaphysical. And that's beyond the physical. And when people start using science and I don't care what science it is, to justify or uh, or bolster uh, their position that their belief, their philosophy, is the right one, it's no longer a belief. You can't use science to support a faith-based or belief system. At least that's my that's my observation. Is that you know it's like. I don't care if you found Mount Error, uh, found uh, Noah's Ark on Mount Ararat, or you found a piece of Jesus of the cross that Jesus was crucified uh, on, on the ground over here. It doesn't make any difference. You either believe it or. What was it? Uh, Jesus also said, um, uh, "You know, blessed are you who believe because you've seen, but blessed are those who believe who have not seen." And. There you go. I mean, that's just uh, once again. I will say it again. Those are my observations. I don't put those on anybody. Well, and I pass but, no but judgment either.
1: It's it's not. It's an observation uh, that I think rings true. I think that, you know we all have a conscience. We all know there's something more to life than than we can figure out. But we don't we don't know who to trust. Uh, and and I think it's a time where. We're not trusting gurus, religions, uh, any any kind of dogma. Mm -hmm. What we what we're trusting is what we can prove in our own experience, Uh, and of course that is is there's a there's a larger intelligence uh, that that we uh, are part of, Uh, and that's that's about all you can say about it because it's the great unknown, right? Mm -hmm. But what you get is results, and and again figuring out the design of the world getting into alignment with that is the fastest way to prove spirituality to oneself because it it's ultimately the highest inspiration you figure out what you want to create in the world to make a contribution and and those that is that's supported by these mysterious coincidences i mean you know this is as rich as it gets and uh Again, I think it, we're in a watershed moment, history, and this yeah. reset is part of it, in my view, where we're starting to understand the, the and because we can prove it to ourselves, the metaphysical design and get into that. Yeah. And it's not that we don't have setbacks.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> we do. We do. We have setbacks. But, but, you know, part of synchronicity is if you have to look at the deeper meaning, in, even in a so called negative. Uh, and, uh, there's, there's always a positive step in another direction or whatever it is, or, you know, do it again
2: <laughs> yeah. until
1: it works. Uh, but whatever it is, you know, if we find that silver lining, then we go forward. And I, I think that if we can think of this, this, this lockdown as a, uh, in this really creation destruction is really what it amounts to. Yeah. Um, as a as a uh a lockdown uh, i mean as a as a kind of reset where we we start to look within at our greatest intelligence and uh and intuitive guidance and all the things that uh, are happen when you're uh when you're really tuning into spirituality that and, and many many people are for the first time because the material world is not working so well for' them. yeah uh, and that's the reset and uh I thank you for uh, you know talking about this subject so openly and uh, spreading it all around out there.
0: Well, I've I've sort of been accused sometimes of of going off on tangents and things, but uh, my mind uh, works the way it works, and and uh, I, I can't help it. That's uh, just. <laughs> but I thank you for that. I also want to thank you, James Redfield, for joining us here on the program. Tell me your story with uh, talking not just about uh, the Celestine prophecy as well as uh the uh book crappy to happy that's put out by uh the uh, sacred stories publishing company and we're going to have throughout the month of december uh our our special uh, uh interviews throughout the entire month on all of our programs all 12 programs that we have in the month of december we're going to feature 12 uh actually it'll be probably 10 or 11 because uh, you are one of those because you contributed the forward uh to that uh, series of stories and uh that synchronicity in and of itself uh, has led to this particular moment, which, as I said at the front of that program, I'm excited about. Uh, but, uh, you know, you're a guy that's just searching just like I am, and you're trying to find answers just like I am. And I think that's one of the things that I've always looked at when I would read books, whether it was by Paramahansa Yogananda, whether it was by Ram Dass, whether it was by Wayne Dyer or uh, Ruth Montgomery or even the writings of Edgar Cayce, or whatever other uh, uh, works that I have read, Celestine Prophecy, of course, and the Tenth Insight, and all of the others that go along with it, um, that everybody is searching, and everybody's trying to find their way through all of this. And I'll tell you what, you talk about this aspect of giving and receiving, and it it codifies one of the universal laws that I have discovered, and that is that there is always an exchange. Now, it may not be the way you think it should be or what you think it should be. For example, if I was to give a hundred, as they say, 110 percent, which you can't do, by the way, mathematically, but needless to say, if you could, and said, I don't want to receive. I don't want anything in return. Sorry. It's not possible. You can't refuse because that's the way the universe works. That's just for every action, there is an equal and opposite reaction. Einstein, what? I, I'm going to have to get somebody on here to talk about Einstein now. <laughs> but, <laughs> but that's just one of those universal laws that I have come across. <clears throat> and and uh, if I was to do that uh, here at the station, for example, or somewhere else, it doesn't mean it's going to come back in money in my bank account it could come in conversations such as this. That's one of the things that I found when I was working at the Christian station, I was working a minimum wage in 1980, 15 years later when I left, I was making $7 95 cents or double minimum wage 15 years later. But I was doing these kinds of interviews. I was, I was getting the experience. I was getting the books, the materials I was uh, getting the contacts. Um, I was uh, honing my craft, if you will, uh, there's so many other things technically that I learned, there's an exchange, period. I was given the opportunity to fill those 30 minutes at 7 o'clock on a, uh, a weeknight, and I did. And so, um, you know, we have, to, we have to be open to receiving whatever the universe sends our way. And it's never going to send you junk, okay? You're not going to get junk exchange. It's going to be what you need or want. And what we need to do, of course, is wrap this up. And again, I thank you so much. And I'm hoping one day when we get to move around once again, that uh, we might see you here in Santa Barbara, do a face to face, maybe. And I've offered this too: go out to the beach, a couple of chairs, digital recorder, a couple of microphones. And we sit there and we talk about the ebb and flow of life. How, prop- how appropriate with the ebb and flow of the 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 tide or the the surf rolling in and out. Uh, and that that's just that's life. That's life here on this planet. Um, and uh, so I'm hoping one day we can do that. I do have three final questions for you, but again, I thank you so much for giving us this this wonderful time to share uh, with our listeners about not just the work that you've done, for, uh, in the past 25 30 years or so but also recently connecting up with uh, s- uh, s- uh, the uh, uh, sacred stories publishing and crappy to happy sequel to uh, clarity uh chaos to clarity i'm sorry I-, I just i'm just thanking you for all of that and i appreciate it uh and um i do want to uh uh let our listeners know that we're here seven uh, 7 a.m and p.m monday Sundays. 1 a.m. Monday mornings, streaming live at those times at richarddugan.com and on podcasts, SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Stitcher, Player FM, as well as on YouTube now. We'll be able to see James and I chatting away here, uh, and um, uh, I think you'll really enjoy it. Uh, my final three questions for you on this particular program, James. <clears throat> First, I ask this of all my guests. You may have touched upon the answers to this quest- these questions during the interview but I like to ask them pointedly. Number one, who is James Redfield?
1: <laughs> well, James Redfield is an author who's, uh, been writing quite a while now and, uh, trying to stay in inspired, uh, looking for the truth of our existence. You know, that's the way that started as a kid. Uh, and you know, it's, it's all about, uh, the creativity, and uh, uh, you know, I feel like I can tune in uh, and make mostly the right decisions. And uh, it's it's been a pleasure and an honor for me to uh, to, to to live this life. Uh, and and the, and you you broke up a little earlier, but I want to just congratulate you that uh, that you do what you do all these years, and uh, and and you know, people love the kind of conversation that you create because it's a back and forth and, and, uh, honest sharing. And that's rare.
0: Well, thank you. Second question. What is it that you hope to, or want to achieve through the work that you're doing now?
1: Well, you know, obviously it's to, uh, make the unclear, clear in terms of spiritual reality on the planet and how we step into that, uh, you know that's that's what i came in thinking about uh <laughs> and uh, i'm i'm glad that i was able to do it because i don't know what else i would be doing mm-hmm. uh, from that point of view and uh but again that's it's you yeah, know it's just uh the next adventure around the corner is 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 what i try to uh discover
0: and finally what is your life's purpose
1: well, you know, that's what we, we just talked about, I guess, but, uh, it, you know, my purpose really is to stay inspired and, and travel that road and continue to contribute. And, uh, uh you know, it's, it's always something that's uh, that arrives with me. Uh, and I, I, I try to make sense out of the next clarity about life. And, uh, you know, that that's just to make a contribution really in that is, is my purpose.
0: Well, I thank you. And we thank you for contributing to this program today here on tell me your story, new paradigms for a new world. And we look forward to having you back again, uh, as we move forward through the 2020s, the year of perfect vision, if I can say that again, uh, yeah, and, more. Uh, talk more about, uh, the progress that we are making as a civilization, not just of the United States, but civilization in a global context and in moving forward to that that new form of human, uh, whatever it, uh, it may be. Uh, and hopefully we you and I both get to live in that place where we are part of that new human race, if you will.
1: Well, listen, I'm all for that. And uh, let's, yeah, let's do it again. There's a lot more to talk about, as you know.
0: Absolutely. And I thank you for listening to tell me your story, new paradigms for a new world, giving you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true. And uh, just a reminder, not only the radio broadcast and the podcast, but the YouTube video cast. I guess they're vidcasts, as the, the, the acronym might be. Uh, but we hope that you uh, enjoyed this program, and we hope that you will check out all of our other programs, whether they be of the three natures that I've mentioned. And until our next podcast, broadcast, videocast, love to lol.